You're listening to episode 113 of the Business of Making podcast. This week, we are doing our book club episode and we're talking about Wolfpack by Abby Wombok. We hope you enjoy it. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Making podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Deb. Bonjour. And Jess. G'day. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, so this week, it's book club week. Yay. How often do we do book club? Uh, every second month. Every second month we do book club. Mm-hmm. And we announced this on Facebook and during episodes, I think. I'm mm-hmm. not, yeah, like, is that what we do? Yes, well, we yeah, do. we haven't really picked the next one, actually, which is a great point because I think we're meant to announce it today. So We are. We'll have to pause at some point and make the decision and get back to and, you all. Yeah, we'll yeah. do a little drum roll in the middle. And cool. we'll tell you okay. at the end what that's going to be. <laughs> we're off to a good start. So the book this bi-month is Wolfpack by Abby Wombok. It was great. Was this your suggestion, Michaela? No, it was yours. That was mine. Yes. (laughs) And you were like, it's by Abby Wombok. I'm like, I know who that is. And then I got very excited because soccer and all the metaphors are soccer related. Mm. So I was like, yes. Or as I get a bit told by my husband, football, because he's English. (laughs) I'm like, you're an Australian now, buddy. No, everyone I play with, everyone says football now. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. But I mean, I've been, you know, playing since I was in year four so like under 10s so and it was soccer for 10 years it was in my formative years I can't just change it's hard yeah I still don't really know what footy like I just don't know I'm so clueless like to me football from France is like it's soccer so we say football yes and then we say no we don't really have footy footy. in France oh it's footy rugby yes can be it can be AFL it can be yeah see it's too much it's too much we know I'm not much. sure people would call rugby footy. Well, that's how we like, do it in France. We call it rugby. Like, so there's football uh, it's and, rugby, then there's rugby. and then NRL can be footy and then AFL is footy. So it's a bit confusing here in Australia. Um, we have lots of options. Yeah. Lots of options. So this is not a sport podcast whatsoever. No. But it's relevant because why, Michaela? Why is this because, relevant? Because I don't know. Why is it relevant? Because <laughs> the book. Because the author of the book is a famous soccer player. Oh, yeah, I didn't even say who she was. Sorry. I'm like, yeah, I know who that is. She's scored the most goals in the history of soccer. I can't remember. I should have had it up in front of me. But anyway, she was captain of the U.S. women's soccer team for multiple years. I don't even have all the facts in front of me, so I'm probably saying the wrong things. But she's great. I think you're right so far. For multiple years, she was the captain. She was a captain. She played the Olympics, I think, six or 37 or something, which is how old I am now. We played vastly different levels, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. So, very, very famous soccer player. I think she's also got like scored more goals than any player, including men. Including men. Yes. Yeah. But weirdly, if you had told me, like, you know, I'm not a, a soccer player, a football player. But, you know, in each sport, there's always like this one person that's famous enough that even if you're not into that sport, you know the mm-hmm. names. 
And if you had told me, like, give me a name of a soccer player, I would have completely blanked to find a Ronaldo. Woman. Yeah, Ronaldo is pretty much what I would have said. And then I've got another one, but he's a French guy like Zinedine Zidane from like the 90s. Yeah, I know that. He's the, the guy that either got headbutted or did headbutt somebody. Yeah, yeah. In the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. with Italy, I think. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the whole woman sport is sadly just not quite advertised as much. Or I don't know, like not to the. Yeah. Not to people who don't already like football anyway, like me, mm-hmm. you know. But you know what? Like I love playing. I don't know anyone's name. Like even mm-hmm. in the yeah, Australian but you love playing. Game. You're not a you don't know watching. You're not a spectator. Well, I will watch it, but I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't know the players because it's not like you say. Like it's they're not splashed all over the media. Mm. But I think this is this discussion seems irrelevant, but it is actually relevant to the theme of the book because the book is written for women, basically, mm. and it's like these new rules, uh, like of the way that we should be in acting the world, I guess. Mm. And you know, she talks about this issue that you know, women's sport has just historically been ignored. You know, they weren't paid as much, blah blah blah. And I feel like here in Australia, it's literally only been the last two or three years that I feel like female sport has started to become even close to equivalent to men's sports. Mm. It's not, but like you see it on the news and you see it on the TV and you see Mm. it talked about, Mm. whereas up until then it just, you know, nobody really, except netball, which has always been a Mm. women's sport Mm -hmm. and here in Australia is a big sport. Mm. You know, women's sport just has been ignored forever basically, Mm -hmm. unless you're in like what's tennis or swimming, like those sort of olympic sort of level mm. sports that you do hear yeah. about people or kathy freeman you know in, in track and field for example yeah I but mean, um, group could... sports it's only now just becoming a thing mm. yeah and it's because of people like abby Wombok yeah and others who've fought for more room on the stage kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah i mean i could go into this whole thing about <laughs> it's not a sports podcast michaela but just about, you know, a lot of people sort of criticise any sort of women's movement around sport saying, you know, like it's not on TV because they're just not as good as the men or there's, they don't bring in as much money as the men, which is a complete fallacy because, as in this case, as Avi says in the book, they bring in more money than the men but don't get paid as much as the men. Anyway, the argument being that talking about just like it being a very recent occurrence that we're even like on TV, like televised women's sports. It's like we're playing catch up all the time mm. and it's the same in mm. every arena. It's not yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just a reflection of life. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, why aren't the women as good? It's like, well, first of all, they don't get paid, so they have to work outside of mm. their training, da, da, da. But also in the 70s, women weren't allowed to play <laughs> like certain sports. Mm. So they, they weren't allowed to play airfield. They weren't allowed to play rugby. They weren't allowed to play soccer. So anyway, that's a whole nother. Yeah. It's very relevant to every single like mm. domain of life. I think it's just we're continually playing catch up. All yeah, the it's time. just mm. a one one area as an example of where women have been playing catch up mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. In the Western world, there's still vast swathes of the world where women are still very much second class citizens. Mm. So I think that's really relevant to you know what this book is all about. It's like don't feel like you have to keep doing things the way that we've done it in the past because it's not mm. gotten us, you know, in a lot of ways it's not gotten us anywhere mm. and that, you know, you need to be brave and bold and stand up and anyway, we have like she has like this list of new rules and the book is very short. Like if you haven't read it, I think I read it in about half an hour, 45 minutes. Like it's, it's yeah. I mean, I'm a fast reader but still 
Yeah, that makes sense. I had the audio book for those of you who like the audible version. And I think it was like an hour and 15 minutes or something really Mm. short as well. And it's Mm. Abby reading it, which is lovely. I love when the author actually reads her words. Funny, I did both. I was saying to you guys, like I listened to the audible book first and I loved it. And then I was trying to look for the quotes. And so I was reading it then and I like didn't get the same impact at all. I It Mm. was really interesting because that hasn't really happened to me before. So I was like, it's definitely for me, especially I found it coming from her voice much Mm. more impactful Mm. than just reading it yeah I feel like for me this is one of those books I feel like she's done a good job in putting these rules together and stuff like that but it didn't have enough depth for me to like it stick with me I think Mm -hmm. so that's one criticism I do have of it is I feel like it was quite lightweight Mm. in that way and that Mm. yeah I would have liked to be fleshed out a little bit more I guess Mm. yeah totally and I can see how it would be in terms of also like trying to relate it back to business or even life quite superficial and it's just a little bit inspirational quotey yes I think the reason that I got so much out of it is because I related it back to my soccer experience and you know when she's talking about being benched from the from the Olympic team and not actually being able to play in the Olympics and she'd start from the bench I'm like oh <laughs> like I get like because I'm getting a bit older and I'm definitely the oldest in my team by almost 20 years and it's like mm. oh I can I can lead from the bench like it was really sort of <laughs> an epiphany for me in terms of my soccer mm. career mm. so I think that's why I got a lot out of it mm. yeah but yeah I'd be interested to know if others who are not soccer players would get as much out of it yeah I mean I I have sporting things in my life as well like I'm a swimmer and I play softball and stuff so I you know I can certainly relate it to that element of things Mm. and you know there were definitely ways I could relate it to just life in general and therefore business yeah I think it's because she's she does essentially it's like her story and then she grabs there's some really quotable moments in there but I think in Mm. between she could have essentially gone and find some more examples and other stories to like intertwine and give another perspective, like in the business Mm -hmm. world, in another, like, you know, not just the sport world, but -hmm. I think she was trying to keep it just as to, this is my experience and what I've learned. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I think I enjoyed the fact that it was pretty light and sort of like very curated, but I know what you mean. It definitely wasn't like, yeah, maybe I would have liked a bit more too. Mm. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't know that there was anything here that was unique or groundbreaker enough that I'm like I didn't know it already if you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. when I but think keeping back, in mind you've read a lot Jess so of it's course, like of course <laughs> you know I don't think that's a fair benchmark no <laughs> to say it wasn't new to me because you know you've read a lot of books in general but also a lot of business books and you know like you teach business so of course yeah. you know a lot about all of that stuff. yeah but I think it wasn't even about business was it uh, to me it was more like no, no, like no we no. know enough like about that, like leadership, leadership and, yeah leadership yeah. Yeah. feminism and like the inception of the two and like the pay yeah. gap and all this stuff I feel like the three of us are pretty like we <laughs> we know and think a lot about we're that. across that a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. so it maybe that's why but I don't know I feel mm. like there was still some she she said something that like it's not like I didn't know them, but she like put it in a way that was quite elegant, I, I mm-hmm. find. Yeah, it was well done in that way, for mm. sure. And I think if you were, I think this is a great book, you know, if these concepts are new to you or if mm. um, you just want something really straightforward and simple and empowering, I guess. Even just maybe a starting point to yeah. empowerment. Oh, yeah, like I didn't really think of it that way. Mm. And then you can sort of dive into these topics a little bit further. Mm. Yeah. More sophisticated. I don't know if that's the right word, but like other readings and stuff. Mm. I feel like the first one is great for everybody. It's number one is create your own path, you know, and mm. 
it definitely resonates with me. That's mm. definitely how I've run my entire life and built my entire life. Mm. I think I struggle with trying to get this across to everybody in my life. I feel like I have so many friends who are sort of t- stuck in a traditional framework of life and they're so miserable. <laughs> I'm just mm. like, why? Why do you keep doing this? <laughs> why are you still mm. doing this job you hate? Why? Like you don't have to do this. Mm. <laughs> you can think differently. Mm. And th- thanks, Apple. But, you know, you can break the mold. And I guess I was lucky enough to be brought up believe, like thinking that way, you know. Mm. My mum was always much, you know, dance to the beat of your own drum, do your own thing. With, mm. Don't do what you think you have to do. Don't do what society tells you you have to do. Mm. Like figure things out for yourself. Like always figure things out for yourself. And I think that's a really powerful thing for anybody, but especially women, mm. to really internalise. Mm. Like you don't have to follow the script. Yeah, mm. I totally agree. And I think I've been brought up the same way, but I also, you know, recognise that how hard it must be to break out of that if mm. you haven't been, yeah. been brought up like that. Yeah. Are you considering transitioning to full-time with your handmade business? If so, you'll be happy to know that I'm interrupting a conversation to talk to you about a guide that's going to help you do exactly that. We know it can be scary to jump into your handmade shop being your sole source of income. And so we made it a little bit easier for you by listing out everything we think that you should consider both on the personal and business financial levels so that you feel confident you can transition to full-time safely and that you're not forgetting anything. You can get the guide at thebusinessofmaking.com slash freebies, and that's all in one word, get freebies. And you'll also find the link in our website at thebusinessofmaking.com. Back to the show. Something I did like about the book regarding like the sport aspect, because I've never played like, I mean, I've been forced to play soccer at school. <laughs> That's my experience with like group sports and, you know, basketball, all that stuff. But I've never really done it for myself. And so, you know, I understand the concept of like a team, like a sport team. But I think I really appreciated like the insights into that and how we like that in other aspects of our life. Like this all like supporting each other rather mm. than competing against each other. And I really like this aspect, this reminder, because it's something I knew, but I think it's true that especially for women like there is this element of like we can't all make it whatever make it even means mm. on top of that going to support other women because like mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm in it for myself like you know as in like it's already hard enough to fight for my own kind of like pagan I was having this stuff. exact conversation with my friend yesterday she was mm. like what is it with women being bitchy in the workplace and I said because it's everyone competing for yeah. that one woman's position at the top and mm. instead of when you get to the top and you're bringing people up with you Mm. it's that no I've got to claw everyone out of the way for me to get there and it's a really hard mindset to get out of I think for a lot of women yeah because it's yeah it's limited I think you see wonderful like support in between when there's not like a direct competition but like it's rare that you would go and support someone that does exactly what you do because it's direct Mm. competition Mm -hmm. and I think that's a little bit sad and that made mm. me, it was kind of a reminder of that. But I don't know. I also like in that sense, like, look at what we're doing. Essentially, at the beginning, we were all competitors. I guess we kind of all are, but we're all working together. All mm. the work that we do with our own community is essentially people selling the same stuff and supporting each other. Yeah. But, you know, would you agree that even in, say, the handmade groups and, you know, sellers community and stuff, people would probably support each other more if they're not selling exactly the same product? 
like a jewelry maker mm-hmm. is loving to support a ceramic artist or whatever, but maybe. maybe sharing a little less if they also sell similar jewelry because they're worried that it's going to, you know. I think people are different. Like, you know, I've seen people who will be like, oh, never tell people where you get your supplies or whatever because, you mm. know, that then you've got plenty of people who are like, no, I'm happy to tell anyone. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, people sometimes message me like, where do you get your silver? And I'm like, I'm happy to tell them. Like, I don't care. Yeah. You I think silver there too. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I think it's definitely not like a, you know, it's not like there's the majority of people are bitchy. Like I don't think mm-hmm. that at all, but it still exists a little bit, I think, sadly. Yeah, okay. Could yeah. we just talk about this concept for a second here? Mm. Because why do we say when it's women they're being bitchy, but when it's men they're just oh, Yes, yeah, so it's very problematic that I I'm even sorry. said that. No, but that's true. What I just said is extremely problematic. Very they're allowed to do that. They're allowed to be competitive. Why are we not allowed to be competitive? Because we're supposed to be nice to each other. That's yeah. why. Yeah. We're supposed to put other people ahead of ourselves all the time. Mm. And uh, I'm not a supporter of that. I mean, I'm fine with supporting other people, obviously. But at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with being mm. competitive if there's something you want to achieve. Yeah. I mean, it's that thing about have to. that being translated into being bossy or mm. aggressive yeah. or hysterical. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're none of those things. <laughs> I was the bossy kid. No, I was just assertive. Yeah. I knew what I wanted. At the same time, like even when guys are men, whatever, whoever they are, (laughs) just, you know, that normal competitive and I don't like that either. So Mm -hmm. it's like for me it doesn't matter if they're a man or a woman. Yeah, same. Yeah. Nice. I like you being a fucking jerk. Mm. But there's a difference between being a jerk or being a bitch and being competitive. Like you can still Mm. be a good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You can still be gracious and honourable. The, and she was noticing the women in particular and I was mm. trying to explain it probably isn't the women in particular maybe but mm. we hold women to a high standard nasty to each other to mm. try and like get the other ones out of the way or whatever so uh, they weren't just being competitive it was mm. like actual nastiness and this is the thing that it's like it's not just black and white right like it's not you're being one or the other it's mm. like, mm. it's gray gray zone everything's I a gray zone people to be a jerk Mm. The older I get, the realize I realize more I realize that. <laughs> yeah, that, and she talks about this in the book, you know, about sure support other people, but you know also go for what you want in life. Mm. And I think those two things are great. I think all of humanity would be better off if we did that. If we, you know, lifted each other up as well as working hard ourselves mm. to achieve what we want to achieve, rather than pulling other people down. Like in Australia, we have what we call tall poppy syndrome, where mm. we just like to cut people down if they we get too big for their boots or whatever metaphor mm. or analogy you want to use, you know. Mm. <laughs> and we have a suspicion of people who are too confident. I think our American listeners will find this a bit weird because we have a very we have a different culture around achievement and confidence, I guess, mm. is perhaps the word I'm looking for. Mm. You know, think about like watching, I don't know, an ad on YouTube or something and some like American person will start talking about, you know, oh, I can help you do this. And we're like, whoa, 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 like you seem really up yourself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> like you seem overly confident in yourself and we don't like that. You know, we like yeah. people who are humble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, down to earth, yeah. Yeah, down to earth, humble. Mm. And I think that probably plays into the gender thing a little bit here as well Yeah, mm. in Australia. Mm. So what other elements of this book did, you know, really hit home like, with you? Um, so there's so this thing on the bench, like leadership from the bench, I really appreciated that. 
mostly mm-hmm. because of what I was saying. Like, I think she says something about you're not always going to be the one that's called the goal doesn't mean that it's not like your goal or worded much, much better in the book. <laughs> but essentially, you know, making you feel like, yeah, you don't like if we're all winning, then you're winning also, you know. So I like yeah. that. And then there was this one thing that I actually listened to many, like I repeated it in the Audible book because I was like, this is actually really well put. She was talking about the pay gap and how the reason that there is still a pay gap is not only because of male entitlement and complacency, but mostly because of the gratitude of women. Mm-hmm. And that really hit home for me because I think, yeah, sometimes we're a little too grateful. And I think she was saying after that, yeah. you can be grateful and you need to be grateful. Great, you know, it's great to be grateful, but only if you're grateful and ambitious and courageous and mm-hmm. brave and going after what you want and loud and saying what you really think. And I think too many of us are, are like, oh, no, you know, I'm, I'm just happy with insert something that's quite not enough, but we think we're grateful for having that already. Mm. Uh, where I think the male counterpart, for the most part, are just like, yeah, cool, that's great, I have that, but I want more straight away. There's less, you know, I think we're, we're content was a little bit less just because we've, I don't know, it's something that we've been taught, like not, you know, not taught like directly at school, but like yeah. by society that we've internalized is like, yeah, just be grateful for what you have. And, and I think mm-hmm. something we've that come such do. a long way. Why yeah. do you want to fight for equality? We've come such a long way. Mm. We, you're so much better off than it was in the fifties. Mm. So yeah. Why would you want something to be fucking equal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we're told at every turn that, that yeah. we should be grateful But I think, you know, I see it a yeah. lot as well with makers and in the, you know, we had a conversation. I can't remember if it was a Patreon-exclusive episode. I think it was where we talked about women in the handmade industry mm. and why there was mostly women and what that meant mm-hmm. for the industry. But I think there is a, a big chunk of uh, sellers who are women and who are grateful for just that amount every month. But if you look mm-hmm. at the breakdown of their pricing structure, like I know when I do like a pricing kind of deep dive it's scary how the hourly rate is like if you divide like the amount of hours mm-hmm. that they effectively working every week every month by what they pay themselves at the end of the month you're like would you work for anyone for 40 bucks mm-hmm. a week because that's what you're paying yourself when we actually yeah. do the math and it's like oh but you know i'm grateful that it just helps a little bit with the bills and i get to spend time with my kids and it's like well be grateful of that that's great but also ask for more you know because yeah. mm-hmm. it's just not quite enough mm-hmm. so yeah that part of the book really hit home for me i was like oh yeah gratefulness kind of getting in the way of ambition and the two mm-hmm. are possible and can coexist yeah absolutely mm-hmm. they're not mutually exclusive yeah <laughs> yeah you know you can be grateful for what you have and still want to work mm. and get more so I totally agree with you, Deb. I think that's a really important mm. one. And she talks about, I think, rule six, believe in yourself, demand the ball. So this idea that it's you. my favourite. Yeah. Okay. Will you tell us about this bit then? <laughs> oh, no. I can't really tell it. She was just, the anecdote that she was using was, and I don't even remember the woman's name, some great player. They were playing, I'm going to butcher this. They were playing this game and the woman was like the, team that Abby was on was winning and the woman sort of realized and she's like fuck that and she's like give me the ball to the to her goalie and just ran through all of them and scored a goal and then just did that five times and she just kept saying to the goalie give me the fucking ball so she could actually run up and (laughs) score and you know it's just so obvious it's like you're not going to get anything if you don't ask for it yeah like you have to demand the ball demand what you're worth demand everything that you deserve Mm -hmm. and it's just so obvious and you know from life in general 
I've seen this happen to myself, mm-hmm. you know, like when I was getting paid 20 grand less than the boys when I first started at the uni. I was like, what? Excuse me. So then I walked into the my boss's office and demanded that I get a raise, you know, like, mm. and it happened within two days. So, yeah, you just have to. Wow, two days. That's incredible. Mm. Yeah, that makes me angry. That makes me so, so angry. I'm so angry about up. this. Yeah. I'm a this is public university like yeah. this is not yeah. like a private so corporation bad. it is so maddening like that's so bad well I mean the backstory being that it was a new contract and they just put me on the first step mm-hmm. so you know it wasn't necessarily gender-based but yeah Still. I definitely brought it up I'm like oh I'm doing the same <laughs> job as these guys and they're getting paid a lot more than me excuse me yeah absolutely so another one I really liked was uh the new rule failure means you're finally in the game Yes. So the old rule, failure means you're out of the game. The new rule is failure means you're finally in the game because you're playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're yeah. going to fail. <laughs> like This yeah. is one of my favourite mantras. Mm. You know, you fail 100% of the time when you don't try. Mm. Like you miss 100% of the goals you don't shoot for. I'm sure that's probably what she said in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So get over this idea that failure is bad. It's actually a good thing. Yeah. You know, because you're in the game, you're playing the game, you're trying. Mm. Um, it's like that. Is it oh, who was that famous quote in the arena? That famous Brenny Brown. Oh, no, you know, it's, no, the original. He uses it. The original is. It's like one of the. I think it's like a Roosevelt or someone. Yeah, it's like an American president. Yeah, I'm gonna look it's this definitely up. a politician. It might be Roosevelt. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. If you're not in the arena, yeah, Theodore Roosevelt, the man in the arena. Okay, so I'm going to read it because I love this so much. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause? who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither knew victory nor defeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Wonderful. it's very powerful. Yeah. So, yeah, don't be a person just, you know, outside of the arena. And I think this is just to go on a very short aside here. I think this is a huge problem in our society right now, especially with social media. Everybody's a commenter. Everybody's a critic mm. of the people who are actually doing the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rather than doing the things themselves, yeah. I feel like people just spend their time criticizing the people who are doing the things rather than doing them themselves. So, yeah. Everyone's a critic. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think there is, I found the quote from the uh, Wolfback book, so the book club book about failure. And it says, failure is not something to be ashamed of, nor is it proof of unworthiness. Failure is something to be powered by. And then she, you know, when we leave afraid to fail, we don't take risks, we don't bring our entire selves to the table, we end up failing before we even begin. I think that's there's definitely the stigma still about this failure is something to be ashamed of, which is, I don't know how we change that. Like, I think it's going to take this conversation that we've just had like a million more times on many more podcasts, books and <laughs> interviews and things so that people are finally embracing failure. But there is always this, like this negative, you know, it's like a pejorative word. It's like, oh, failure, yeah. like that's bad. That's yeah, like failure, a, yeah. a negative word. Your failure or this thing was a failure, this product was a failure, this campaign was a failure, this thing was a failure. And it's just so draining as a, especially if we bring it back to like the business sphere, 
because you mm. need to fail so many times to figure out what works. Like, and so many people stop at failure number one because they're like, oh, that mm. didn't work. Therefore, <laughs> yeah, and you know, and I think it's partially to and <laughs> caveat with this. I've just listened to seven hours of podcast that Deb knows what I'm talking about. The uh, <laughs> what's her name? Kate. Oh my god, I forgot now. We'll link it in the show notes. But it's seven hours of her talking about basically how online marketers have ruined the world, which is great. And I <laughs> agree Kennedy. completely. Yeah, Kate Kennedy. Because the the way that marketing works is, you know, they they do the hero's journey, and I stumbled and I fell and I got back up. But they like, there's not actually any honesty in those stories, and mm-hmm. there's not any honesty around failures in the stories that. People are hearing every single day. So as soon as someone does fail, they're like, oh, shit, I've done something wrong because that's not supposed to be the hero's journey, so I must not yeah. be the hero's journey. Now my journey's fucked. So, yeah. yep, I blame I blame online marketers, <laughs> which we are not, yeah. but we are. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> tricky one, tricky we one. Can, right? We can yeah. throw stones at our own houses, I think, in this case. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, we've been pretty vocal on that podcast about what we think about this and the over-creation of like those stories that just like highlights mm. the wonderful like sales that people are making without highlighting like the tears that it took to get there or like the mm. month that it took of like consistent effort and you know and everyone I think everyone is looking for like a quick fix because that's what people are trying to sell and it's so problematic mm. like everyone wants mm-hmm. to sell people think that what they need to have a successful business in the online marketing world is a formula to like erase other people's pains and I think our approach mm-hmm. to all of us is like I'm not going to do that it's going to be hard for mm-hmm. you to grow your shop but I'm just going to help you along the way like you know mm-hmm. and I think we're it's lacking definitely this honesty and transparency yeah. around what it takes to grow a business and the importance of failure like imagine if we celebrated it like hey I did this thing and it flopped like massively and if we all like <laughs> Had a good laugh and went, oh, okay, well, good on you. What are we going to learn from it? Move yeah, on, here are the lessons. What like, did I learn it, from it? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's the next step yeah. that people often don't take is the what I, What did I learn from it? They just yeah. drop it and move on. Whereas yeah. the, the way it's going to help you is by going, okay, what could I do differently next? And this is why, you know, looking at it from my background as a scientific experiment, change a variable. I was going to say the same thing. If you go back to episode. <laughs> I like two. It's pretty number early. Three number three. Number three. three. November 14th of 2000 and whatever year that was, 19? 18, 19, I don't remember. Something around then. Treat marketing as an experiment. Yeah. Yeah, we talk all about that, Jess. Take it away. What do we talk about? What do you think? We actually give you a download as well. Mm. It just basically lays out like the scientific method and you can put your marketing into that framework. Mm. So, you know, pose a hypothesis. If I post on Instagram every day for 30 days, X will happen. Mm -hmm. Like I will get more sales. Mm Is that true? I actually did that experiment. There's a YouTube video on my channel where I did that experiment, you know, and I broke down, okay, here's what happened to my stats. Here's what happened to my click-throughs. Here's what happened to my sales. Like Mm. do that and don't see it so much as a failure as an experiment. It will give you data Mm. and then you can use that data to do another experiment and see what the outcome is. Also, another thing I want people to realize, I think this is a really bad fallacy in our culture in general. And like I totally read romance novels, so I probably could fall foul to this if I wasn't paying attention. But this idea of a happily ever after, that somehow you reach a magical point where everything is fixed and done and yes. you've achieved it. I'm sorry, if you're running a business, that is not true. It's never going to happen. It's just, it's a lie. Like I've been yeah. running my business for 13 years. 
Sims? I don't know, something like that now. And I'm still figuring stuff out and I'm still experimenting. Yeah. There's no such yeah, thing. because things change so quickly. Oh, my God. Like, like Instagram didn't can... exist when I started my business. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's like, you know, and even people who say, okay, well, I want to get something sorted, like my Pinterest sorted or whatever, and you could do really well for six months and then suddenly this one thing that worked for you and that strategy stops working and mm. you're back at ground zero trying to figure out what it is that stopped working so you can fix it. It's constant, constant experiments. It's constant. Mm-hmm. Yes, who still hasn't got their Pinterest Oh, sorted? my God. It's so good. <laughs> Two years later, that's hilarious. No. I'm about to do the Pinterest challenge in my throwing circle. Oh. Do you want to come join us? I should. I should. For our, I have nothing um, to sell at the moment. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. For a newer listener, I think two years ago, we did something. What What was it that we did? Was it was it like some, a New Year resolution thing. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, New Year's resolution. Yeah, something and Mick was like, yeah, I'm going to get out of Pinterest. Yeah, and it's like, no, it's not happening. Keep me accountable, team. Which is okay. It's okay. We just keep laughing. I feel okay about it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> You're too busy shaping the minds of the next generation mm, yeah. and, you know, building a PhD or whatever you call it. Yeah. One of those. <laughs> building a PhD. Building a PhD. Just feel like building a house brick by brick. i got to make the bricks first. You've also kind of built the house in this time, but anyway. It's true. At least your contractor has. Yeah. Hey there, Maker. Are you loving the podcast as much as we love bringing it to you? If so, we'd love to talk to you about becoming one of our supporters. You can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Depending on your level of support, you can get perks like behind the scenes and extra special content, including video, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast. Every month, we also release a secret podcast episode available only to platinum patrons. Just head on over to thebusinessofmaking.com slash support. Okay, so yeah, I think yeah, there were definitely valuable takeaways, which I think we've discussed. We'd love to know what you thought as well, of course, Alice. Yeah, this was yeah, definitely a different yeah. book from what we have read so far. What are we going to read next? We need a little drum roll. I can't hear anything that you guys are doing, only what I was doing. We all did it on our desk. <laughs> Hopefully somebody can hear it. <laughs> the next book will be Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yeah, These guys are both read already. I have yeah, not. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it will change your life. It's amazing. So will change your life. If you that's read it. it and use the stuff in it, it will change your life. Yes, And so, there's so many good quotes out of this yeah. book. And he's been on a million podcasts too. So. I've got six audible credits. I can get it right now. Oh, look at that. Awesome. Yeah, so it's all about well, atomic habits. Atomic meaning small, not mm. explosion, mm-hmm. <laughs> like an atom. It's all about how to make small habit changes to your life to basically entirely change your life. Yeah. It's excellent. It's the best habit book I've ever read. Yeah, it's really I great. Yeah, I agree. I've read a few other ones and this was just, it just is a great writer as well. Yes, and it's so practical. Yeah, very practical, engaging as a read, so mm-hmm. it's not a boring like to create a new habit. Like, you know, he no. explains it but in a really Lots engaging of stories. way. Lots of stories. He has a great newsletter as well mm-hmm. that I find. It's just a great follow writer. follow on Twitter too. Well, I'm not on Twitter. You guys are really mm-hmm. selling it. It's going to take me five and a half hours to get through this in the car, but that's okay. Ooh. I have a really short commute, so that's a lot of days. Yeah, it's not a short book. It's actually a very meaty book. I personally would recommend reading the actual book because there's like a lot of there's a lot of diagrams and graphics that will, I think if you're a visual learner, you will really help find it helpful. Yeah. 
I also am the sort of learner that likes, like he's very structured. It's mm-hmm. like, these are the rules. These are the the opposite of those rules. Like, so if you can see that in a table and it's really clear. So, I mean, that's my recommendation, but yeah, that's I my agree. Style. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I also agree, but I, I, I just, there's no. Look, listening to it is better than nothing. Yes. I, I, I heard him on a lot of podcasts and I'm like, man, this guy is great. I need to get mm. his book and read it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, this is excellent. Mm. So you'll definitely still get a lot out of it mm. by listening to it for sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hey. Uh, when do they need to read it by? Maybe a little date? Yes. yes. Two months from now. This is the beginning <laughs> of July, I believe, as this episode's coming out. So July, oh, August, so the end of August, basically. Okay. End of August. Yeah. Have Sounds it read by then. Wonderful. Then we could be halfway through when you listen to the episode. That's okay. <laughs> Whatever. We'll, okay. we'll, no we'll, we'll endeavour to uh, pull out the most meaty and useful tidbits for you. Yeah. I think that sounds like a great idea. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Hopefully you managed to read the book and please do let us know what you thought of it in the Facebook group. It looks like you're putting your hand up just to say something, but you're not, are you? Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, Please support the podcast on Patreon. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Please support the podcast on Patreon. We have a Patreon episode coming up at the end of this month, which, of course, only our Patreons will be able to listen to. So do, do consider doing that if you have the means to. Yeah. That would be great. And you can do that at patreon.com forward slash T-B-O-M. And you can and see our supporters at our website, which is thebusinessofmaking.com.au. Yeah. No, just dot com. Dot com. Just dot com. Okay. No, dot au. Yes. And the, the reason we say this is because we don't run ads. This podcast is completely made by makers like you. You help us to afford to create this podcast. So thank you very, very much for those who do support us and enable us to have our amazing producer, Ivy, uh, who puts all these episodes together for us and yeah. does a lot more as well. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Ivy. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. We will catch you soon. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. You're so, what was I thinking about? Oh, I can't remember now. It was something, I'm t- oh, sorry, no. I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad it's not me. I feel like I'm always the one that says, oh, I forgot where I was going. Um, <laughs> it was like a, I was watching something and it was like the person just always goes back to it.